Life Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. Hello, Walla, and welcome to Life Beats. Now, today we are talking the transformative power of martial arts for kids with Adam Griffin, Senior Consultant, Pediatric Occupational Therapist with Reach Out Support Centre. Of course, beyond the obvious health and fitness benefits, martial arts and specifically Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu can build grit, resilience and self-confidence in children, not to mention a sense of community. It can also be particularly powerful for kids with special needs. My co-host, Alessayer, is also here sharing his insights as a martial arts expert and instructor himself. Join in the conversation here on Life Beats on Pulse 95. You're listening to Pulse 95. Pulse 95. Life Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. Now, after yesterday's discussion on bullying, it seems incredibly fitting that we're now talking about the transformative power of martial arts for kids with Adam Griffin. He is Senior Consultant Pediatric Occupational Therapist with Reach Out Support Center. Now, it is so good to have you back, Adam. It is a joy to be here. (laughs) Amazing. Now, this is going to be a really interesting show because um, you're incredibly passionate about martial arts, particularly BJJ. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, uh, but of course, Wattler Sayer. Hello, good morning. Good morning, Sally. <laughs> you are an expert yourself in the area of martial arts. You have your own martial arts academy. You're an instructor as well. So it's uh, going to be um, interesting to see, you know, what the two of you, you both have experience in, in this area and how important martial arts can be for transforming kids. Because, you know, we do talk about the health benefits It's there. It's very clear, Adam, but there is so much more to it than that. And it's often the stuff that we don't see on the surface that really changes, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I know when I talk about BJJ, especially in a clinical setting, I have parents come in with children who have motor coordination difficulties or social skills issues or emotional behavioral problems. And I bring up jiu-jitsu it'll be later in the conversation we'll have already won their trust and established a rapport but i will 100 percent bring up jiu-jitsu at some point simply because from what is it now oh my goodness nine years in clinical practice working in child development eight years in pediatrics in dubai eight years this august goodness me is it yeah eight years this august but it's possibly the single most powerful thing i can get kids into that sounds incredibly grandiose and it's difficult because anytime I talk about this stuff, I'll say it in such strong terms. It sounds overblown and grandiose, but it's only from experience. And this has been a game changer for so many of my kids. At the beginning, it was a couple. I thought this boy, maybe he'll like this thing I'm into because I was passionate about it when I started doing it. And then you've I been see- doing it for two and a half years. Now? Two and a half years, yeah. which is not a hugely long time. Right. I kind of messed around with a few martial arts just out of personal interest. Mm. I watched Kung Fu movies and watched like fighting movies growing up. I did a little bit of kickboxing back in Ireland. And it was something I, I wanted to kind of get more into, but never really engaged massively with it. And then I tried jujitsu. I was lucky enough to find some of the best coaches and just the loveliest people through jiu-jitsu and you will find this through martial arts in general and jiu-jitsu as well it attracts lovely people i don't know if it attracts lovely people or they become lovely from doing (laughs) jiu-jitsu but it's really really a supportive environment no matter what your level is and when these kids got into it the fam the moms were like okay we'll try it he's tried some things before and they weren't really successful 
It's such a fraternal, supportive environment that even though it's a very scary experience at the beginning for the child, they'll begin to love it very fast. And then I have a kid, now they want to do jujitsu more than they want to play Fortnite, which is unheard of for the kids I work with. Yeah, I think parents are hearing this going, what? Yeah, it's my kids who get into it and adults as well. You will bore your friends because you will talk a lot about jujitsu. And I have eight-year-olds who go home and watch jujitsu videos on YouTube. They want to learn about new techniques. They want to go back and practice it with their friends. It's just, it's such a positive thing for so many of my kids in terms of not only their physical well-being, but one of the biggest things is about their self-confidence and their sense of self. Who they see themselves to be is no longer someone weak, no longer someone incapable. They see themselves as someone who is capable of anything. This is pretty extraordinary stuff that you're talking mm. about here, but I think we need to go back, Wael, and, uh, you know, for someone like me who has no experience in the area of martial arts and it all kind of looks the same, but it's not. So uh, I, I want kind of from the two of you to, to talk to me about, you know, martial arts, you know, what's the difference between what you do, Wael, and what uh, Adam is talking about, for instance? I think that's an excellent question. Thank mm. you for bringing it up. I, th- I think that the world of martial arts is very wide and varied, and I think Adam would, would agree the minute you, you, you mention, say, for example, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu to the majority of people that really don't know the difference between karate, yeah. judo, or taekwondo. Right. They'll start making funny noises and yes. funny hand or signals. Karate hands. Yeah, yeah, and bring up Bruce Lee, Jackie sure. Chan, or oh, I saw a Jackie Chan movie, yeah. and so on and so forth. It is a really wide universe, really. Uh, your imagination go to, can go to the Shaolin Kung Fu uh, imagery and so on and so forth. Uh, but I think specifically uh, what we're talking about today and through your experience is specifically Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, which is a grappling mm. uh, sport. Uh, there's gi and there's no gi, the formal uh, kimono attire. It is what do you do then? I do a mixture, really. Okay. So I'd be referred to as a martial arts cross trainer. Okay. So I, I, I look at the martial arts as a, as a n- not so much of a sport, uh, but as a holistic development, which is something that all systems may offer. Yeah. But I think the distinct difference is what I do isn't limited to the grappling. Uh, I also study striking. I also study the Filipino martial arts. So I, I like to learn from many. But of all the systems I've come across and of all the coaches I've come across, grappling, and specifically in the UAE because of the massive government support, Sally, we're talking a lot of money invested uh, in the sport Mm. of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. It is part of the national service. It has had a massive impact on the Emirati cultural landscape. And there's a few people I would, I, I must have the honor of mentioning their names. Uh, obviously, the first uh, and foremost is His Highness Sheikh Mohammed bin Zayed and Hayan Kram, Prince of Abu Dhabi, Deputy Supreme Council of the UAE Armed Forces, and, and his passionate uh, encouragement of the sport being uh, championed by uh, many, many different uh, factions of society within, obviously, the spiritual the spiritual uh, father of uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, not only in the UAE, but I would argue even globally, and Adam, I'd love your your take on this, is obviously His Highness Sheikh Pahnoun bin Zayed Al-Nahyan, uh, uh, primarily seen as a spiritual godfather mm-hmm. of of the sport and the, and the martial art, not only here, but also globally. See, and in addition yeah. to that, so sorry, because yes, there's ahead. so many, the minute you mention Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in the <laughs> UAE, as an Emirati, I have to mention No, 100%. Th- but names. I didn't think a lot of us realize that there was this, such a deep tradition of it here. So please, keep keep talking about, you know, 
who were the the biggest and most important names in, here? In, indeed, uh, uh, and and obviously amongst the uh, uh, the Sharjah-based uh, organic uh, champions and giants of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu uh, is His Highness Sheikh Tariq bin Faisal Al Qasmi, uh, the patron of uh, Team Nogueira. Uh, so th- these are people I think any uh, uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu teacher, practitioner within the UAE owes a tremendous amount of gratitude towards. Uh, and I'm really excited, Adam, to hear your uh, experience and how specifically it's helped you uh, and specifically how it's helped the children that you are working with. Yeah, absolutely. Just going back to what you said there, it's hard to overestimate the impact these men have had, these incredible people, because... I, as a as a father, I think when you experience jujitsu yourself and you see the benefit it can have for one child, you're like, everyone should be doing this. I want to scream it from the rooftops. I'll become like the big so evangelical about the benefits you, of jujitsu. You have no like commercial interest in any anything oh, yeah. around this. No, no, no. You're literally just someone who is so passionate and has seen the impact that it's had 100%. on the kids that you work with. Yeah, yeah exactly. But I think when the sheikhs would seen the benefits of this mm. and then to take the step of make it integrated into the like the national service and into schools the way it's put into local schools here is incredible so every young person gets to experience this i think that if i had a wish to bring something to ireland it will be something like that. Listen, we need to come back and we need to kind of break it down and look at what Brazilian jiu-jitsu looks like. What does the practice look like? Where does it come from? And and what is the basis of it? What is it teaching our kids and what mm. makes it so unique? So we're going to come back and talk about all of that and so much more. You're, You're listening, listening to Pulse 95. Pulse 95. Live Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. We are back uh, talking the impact of martial arts and particularly BJJ on kids with Adam Griffin. He is with us here in the studio. Now, Adam, um, uh, after kind of establishing how important actually the roots are for, for BJJ here in the UAE are, for, for people like me who don't really know, uh, you know, talk to us about what that looks like. What does Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu look like? And and how is it different from other martial arts? What do you do in it? Sure, no problem. I could very easily segue into a history lesson about Matsuo Maeda going to Brazil as a Japanese guy and training the Helio because the lineage of the Gracie family is so in-depth and so interesting in of itself. Because we hear that name a lot you associated with BJJ. Exactly. It's like the original family originators of BJJ, uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, mm-hmm. which was taken from the Japanese style of Jiu-Jitsu. So Jiu-Jitsu and Judo have the same foundation stone, and then it evolved in Brazil. For They had more of a kind of a focus on the grappling aspect and the floor aspect, whereas Judo st- kept it standing up. There's grappling on the floor in Judo, but they took more of the standing and throws and hip tosses and things. That's why Judo, you see it like in the Olympics. And then Jiu-Jitsu, there's similar aspects as well about grappling grips and all these different things but a lot of jiu-jitsu is ground fighting when you, even that the term grappling is very uh, telling so it's grappling with your opponent and it finishes with submissions or chokes or locks or things like that when you see it done in um, YouTube videos it can seem quite aggressive it can seem very like a fight it looks like in fact one of the martial arts when you see it done it looks most like an actual fight but it's so controlled and it's done in such a way that there's rarely any major injuries this is such a good way when you see kids come into a class, into their first class, give you an idea what it's going to look like. Mm. They'll all line up. It looks quite disciplined at the beginning. And there is a, 
there is kind of a not even rules, more expectations that the children are like, okay, this is acceptable. As soon as you step on the mats, this is the way we behave. And it's interesting when you even see kids who would normally have emotional and behavioral difficulties in a lot of other contexts, the parents have come to my coach a lot of the times, and I've heard it many times before, is I almost don't recognize my boy or girl when they're on the jiu-jitsu mat because the way they behave and the way they carry themselves is so different than the way they carry themselves at school. And you see this kind of bleed into one another. But anyway, they step onto the mats, they'll line up, they'll do some warm-ups, they'll do a lot of, if they're kids, they'll do a lot of kind of games, kind of play-based exercise, but you integrate the the grappling elements and the fighting elements. In, I did air quotes on the radio, that's not very clever, <laughs> but the kind of fighting elements mm. into the actual class itself. But the there is no real line between what is play, what is exercise, and what is the fighting or the sport aspect. It all just feels like this very physical, very enjoyable, very all-encompassing experience. And you see the kids rush onto the mat when they come on when they come off the mat like my two daughters do it they can't wait for you to see did you see what i did there did you see my throw or my grapple or this thing this move i just learned and they're impressed how quickly they see their own development and it's very much a case of that a lot of the time you see kids coming to from team sports from soccer and basketball and all these things hugely beneficial but there's a lot of comparison between well i'm not the fastest guy and i'm picked last for football it's harder for me than it is for everyone else in jiu-jitsu, it's very much they compare themselves against themselves the previous week. So they see how they are improving. They're gradually getting better. We have a belt system as well, where the kids begin a white belt, they get stripes on their belt, and after four stripes, they graduate into the next colored belts. So they can see an actual a sign of their own development and progress in it, which is very motivating for the kids. But more than that, they can see their own growth in terms of, I can do these amazing things. They can even... It's something that they can do that is cool, objectively cool by any standard of their friends. They all know people like John Cena and Conor McGregor and these fighter guys. I did air quotes again. I'm going to stop doing that. Right? <laughs> and all their buddies in school mm. think this is awesome. Now they can do the super cool thing that their other friends in school can't do. And now they all want to start getting on the mats and something we all want to be a part of this team but it's like you don't have to be like the biggest person or the strongest person or the fastest person to be the best at yeah. BJJ in, in fact this was one of the ideas at the very beginning but this is why especially Elio Gracie who was one of the grandfathers of Jiu-Jitsu he liked it because it was the one th way the smaller weaker guy could hold their own and it's not necessarily even defeat but could get away could protect themselves against a bigger stronger more aggressive guy you and talked it, about controlling this being is, in control this of the is 100 this is what i try and get across the parents yeah. for example if like the gracie program gracie baja is my gym and the program they have for kids is called bully proof and they have on the geese has patches about bullying and things as well and it's not that you're going to be strong enough to beat up the bully it's no you're bully proof now you're unbullyable because you can control any interaction. It's the same for it's the same for females, for example. It's the same for adults. It's a self-defense where you're not concerned because whatever happens, you can control that dynamic. For example, if they, a kid comes up to this child who does jiu-jitsu in the playground and wants to bully them or push them around, my jiu-jitsu playing young boy can control what happens next. He can put them on the ground. He can make himself safe to run away and tell someone else. Use this idea of control and negotiate. So you're not 
beating down the bully. That's not what it's about. It's about controlling interaction so you keep yourself safe and you get to decide what happens next. The bully doesn't get to say. You're never out of control. You're in the driving seat. This is um, kind of the the amazing thing. Uh, is is this what you find well when you are teaching your students that they change that the, their whole because you know in BJJ you're teaching them how to speak and how to stand and how. It's not just some moves and that's it and you're done. So is this similar to what you do? Very much. I think the transformative uh, power of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, which can also be seen in Judo and a number of other uh, 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 grappling, uh, um, shall we say, expressions, um, is is a very interesting uh, field study, really. Mm. I've seen shy kids uh, that are just clinging on to their, their parents like a third leg. Uh, all of a sudden stand their own. Uh, the uh, movements and the ritualistic almost beginning of a class mm. where they come in and they bow, they get lined up and they get warmed up and then they do a drill and then they might finish off with a little bit of a roll or in Japanese they'd say niwaza, uh, gets a kid into some type of structure. So uh, that by itself uh, ma- makes the kid understand, okay, I'm here. Just like Adam would say, this is the expected behavior. This is what I can do, what I can't do. Just that by itself provides some type of structure that helps other structures in their life become more easy to understand. And Adam mm. was talking about control. And it's also not only controlling other people, but controlling yourself. Now that you know you can, you can respond, and choosing not to or, or, or stopping at a certain st- stage is really, really important. Yeah, that's, you know, that's a, such a nice point. I'm glad I'm, I would have kicked myself if I hadn't missed that whole point about self-control as well because so many of my boys come in. For example, a common referral I get is for emotional regulation or emotional dysregulation, anger management. Some of my boys who just are pushed hither and yon by their own emotional state, they can't stop themselves. Mm-hmm. They're like a ship on a stormy sea and they don't really, anytime you put a little bit of pressure on them or life in general, whether it's school or home or community, anytime they feel that little bit of pressure, they're only response is to aggressively push back or have a meltdown and it's not an act of choice they're making just seem out of control they're no longer in the driving seat where jiu-jitsu is almost like an inoculation against that they get to put themselves in these controlled stressful situations and realize this is okay i can survive this not only i can keep myself safe and i can do something about solving this problem they can feel a very intense emotional experience but also that's framed very positively that is being done to them by someone they're going to be really good friends with after to the extent that like a lot of my boys come in and they've really really poor social skills i work a lot with kids in the spectrum and it's one of the classic like clinical criteria is emotional and uh behavioral issues or emotional communication issues is very difficult so making friends is a real problem this boy will come into jujitsu he might even speak to anyone else in the class but his first engagement with this person is to get grips and they're going to grapple and they'll have this big intense talk about an icebreaker this is an ice smasher there's no ice left at the end of the class they've shared this really intense experience they both maybe hug or maybe do a little fist bump and they feel great about what just happened and now for a lot of my boys they're automatically friends because they've shared this thing and then the conversation can begin about what just happened and then it frequently carries on after the match so for making friends Jiu-Jitsu is spectacularly good and they feel like they're part of this. It's such a community to the extent when 
I went to New York last year, and as I went to the Hands of Gracie Academy, this is it's like the Bernabeu of Jiu-Jitsu, essentially. And when I got there, it felt like I trained there for years. And they're saying, oh, where are you staying? Or you could stay in his couch if you want. I'd never met these guys before, but it's such a community. And for the kids as well, when they come in and they feel they're, they're part of this team, we don't even say team Gracie Baja. You say you're part of the family, the Gracie Baja family then they really get that experience and that sense of community and sense of belonging and sense of support by their their jujitsu brothers and sisters it's something that's hugely effective and it's hard to really see the benefits of it until the kid is there and when they put on the gi when they see the the red tab and they see the gracie baja stamp on them they carry that with pride that uh, but that carries through you know it's not just you know when they are part of their jiu-jitsu community as well they carry that sense of community outside as well which is vital exactly so and something that it was unexpected for me when i got my kids into this because of the grading system in jiu-jitsu you see the kids start off they're very nervous they gradually learn a few things they're carrying this legacy of gracie baja which Mm. they take a lot of pride in but you see these nervous kids after even after a couple of weeks you'll have a new kid come in and now this nervous kid is suddenly a leader they're not only confident they're able to teach other kids and this is for say if you have a seven or eight year old child what do they get to be a leader in in any other aspect of their life and this is something like okay in terms of learning the techniques themselves teaching someone else is really invaluable but this also gives them such a boost for pride and confidence as well we need to come back to this whole concept of leadership it's just it's so central to this and, and you said something amazing around that um as well uh, which I want to come to next. And we're going to talk about how uh, BJJ can actually help your kids against bullying, bully-proof them, as you were saying, uh, Adam, lots more to come here on Life Beats. Pulse 95. Life Beats with Sally Musa, only on Pulse 95. Countless times I've met parents who've done everything right. They've raised kids who are courteous, disciplined, and highly respectful, but they still get tormented by bullies. Being a parent is a very difficult job, and bullying is something that parents don't think about until it happens to their child. Once a bully targets a particular child, we found that the harassment will continue for as long as they can get away with it. And in the Gracie Bully Proof Program, we systematically put an end to the cycle. The problem well understood is the problem half solved. So the first thing we teach our students is how bullies choose their targets. Bullies target kids who don't stand up for themselves. If you don't stand up for yourself, they'll just constantly go after you. But if you stand up for yourself, they won't. One of the most important skills that is overlooked at almost all martial arts schools is the verbal assertiveness training that teaches kids how to stand their ground when the bully crosses the line. If someone's messing with you, you, like shouldn't, just, if you, sh- you, shouldn't, you shouldn't just walk away and pretend yeah. it didn't happen. You gotta stand up for yourself. Because if you do, um, then they'll just do it worse and worse each day. It'll get worse. But if you stop it right there, the moment it starts, they won't want to mess with you. Through a series of highly specific role-playing exercises, we teach the kids how to walk, how to talk, and most importantly, how to look the bully in the eye to put an end to the harassment before it spirals out of control. No fidgeting, hands by your side, look in their eyes, 
Say don't ever do that again. Show us. Don't ever do that again. The real challenge is that most children will not assert themselves verbally unless they can defend themselves physically. And this is where jujitsu comes into the equation. As a parent, the last thing I want is my child punching somebody when they're getting bullied. Jiu-Jitsu is beautiful because it allows the child to control the bully without throwing any punches or kicks and without harming the bully but still protecting the child. You're not hurting the child. You're just waiting for help to arrive and that's where the, the bully-proof system is amazing. I want to neutralize them because then if I punch them, then I'll become the bully. You don't want to bully. You just want to make sure other people don't bully. Jiu-Jitsu is for self-defense. If you just want to fight, then that makes you a bully yourself. So these kids are learning how to neutralize violence without instigating it. Basically, we're teaching them how to fight fire with water. The techniques are important. The only thing more important is that we teach the children when to and when not to use them. Rule number one, avoid the fight at all costs. Rule number two, if physically attack, defend yourself. Rule number three, if verbally attack, follow the three T-steps. Talk, tell, tackle. Rule number four, never punch or kick the bully, establish control and negotiate. Rule number five, when applying submissions, use minimal force to negotiate. By teaching the children the five rules of engagement, we can be confident that they will never use them for the wrong reasons. Not only are these kids capable of standing up for themselves, but they're so confident that they will eagerly step in and help another kid if necessary. In other words, they're mini superheroes. They're mini superheroes. It's pretty incredible listening to that. And, you know, we heard some of the kids who were, uh, quote unquote, standing up for themselves and you know how they were uh, talking and stand they're tiny little things but you know these you, from how old can you teach you know a, a child martial arts i can speak that really carefully because i had two very little people myself yeah. and i was chomping <laughs> at the bit to get them into jujitsu and i was worried i was going to start them too young so i i would guess not guess i actually know from three years old, you expose them to it. And I think this is an age mm. we sort of, look, the, the socialization aspect of it is really wonderful. Between three and six is a great time to start them off. You don't want to push too hard. You want to expose them to it and you'll see if they're naturally interested in it, which they will be, because mm. it's just it's super fun and playing in these rough and tumble games with kids their own age. And then after that, after that, you see this little ember of passion about this thing, because it's so fun and interesting and they see how how um, positive it can be for themselves and you see this create this little uh, glowing fire of passion about this sport and then between six and kind of 11 and 12 you see them really really become interested in this and then they actually become really adept at the techniques like there is a very classic line in jiu-jitsu says when is a perfect age to start jiu-jitsu is 20 years ago or right this second you should have because it takes quite a long time to develop so start young uh, personally, I would have absolutely loved to have started jujitsu when I was a kid, and now you've got your girls in it. Now I've got my two girls, yeah. Abby and Mia. They're six and four. Six and, and to four. be honest, I've got to give my wife a lot of uh, props for this because we brought them to the gym, and Abby loved it. She got into it and was six years old and was playing. And I thought, okay, Mia, we'll see how she does because we're in the same class. So Mia was the smallest in the class. And then she was one time where she was rolling was finding some things a little bit hard, a little bit challenging, and then she walked off the mat, tears, tears, tears. And this is very common with the younger ones because it's a quite a trying situation and they feel like, okay, there's this little obstacle. And I gotta say, it kind of broke my heart a little bit. I was like, okay, maybe she's too young. My wife said, no, she's going back next time and let's give her a chance to get over this. And she did, and my goodness, did she get over it or what? And now she's 
absolutely loves it. And that little challenge that I was going to give into, my wife gave her the chance to overcome the difficulty, and now she's stronger for it. Because this is what happens with us parents, well, that uh, you know we see our kids. I'm, I'm sure this happens in your academy. You know, you get parents coming in and seeing their kids struggling, and we're like, oh my gosh, you know, my little baby. But actually, you know, this is how you build leadership, resilience, grit, the perseverance that, you know, you talk about as well. So important. Absolutely, Sally. I think as parents, we can be very guilty of trying to protect our own children from the struggles that will make them stronger. Mm. Uh, And sometimes when we see our child uh, suffer or are in pain, we're very quick to jump in and, 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 and save them. When the reality is, if we're doing our job as parents, that there is ultimately a, a letting go uh, and allowing them uh, the clarity uh, that permits them to go back and, and get the job done as best as you can. And we'll be here to support you. But this is something that won't get better if you disengage. Mm-hmm. And many things in life are like that. And that's one of the beautiful things that allows the lessons they learn on a martial arts mat, whether it's Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu or maybe another expression, it allows that skill, that perseverance skill, to be transferred to other things in life. I'm always asked, like parents ask me all the time, like ideas for supporting your child's development, maximizing growth, maximizing opportunities and all of this. Now, if I was to boil it all down to one statement is let your child do hard things and work hard and persevere and develop this. For example, a lot of schools now we talk, one of the very big buzz words in the last few years has been growth mindset. This idea of developing someone who's tenacious and determined and has grit and can overcome these difficulties. You can do all the worksheets in the world, but you need to feel that in your bones. And nothing does it, I think, like, I think sports in general, martial arts in particular, because you will feel what it is like to lose and it is not good. And you need to get that sense and pick yourself back up like that. There's a beautiful Chinese proverb I like about you get knocked down seven times, you stand up eight. So if you get as long as you keep getting back up, you will get there. In jujitsu, there's a lovely expression. Jujitsu's got a lot of these lovely expressions. I think that's why so many of them have tattoos. They've got a lot of good things to write down. Is um, Jujitsu is not about who's best. It's about who's left. If you keep coming, if you keep turning up on the mats, if you ha- get put in the time, you will get there. In 10 years' time, you could, you will be a black belt if you just keep showing up. You keep doing the work, and you'll, the amount of benefits and positivity you'll get from it is tremendous. And it really hardwires this idea of growth mindset and indomitable spirit into these kids at a, such a young age. And then because as parents, we mentioned that as well. I have this again and again. I think it might be a daddy of daughters thing as well. If I hear about someone being mean in the playground, if I see someone being mean to my little girls, I'm like, okay, I'm putting a stop to this. And I have to, I know better, but it's a very natural knee jerk reaction. But no, I'm stealing away her opportunity for development. The other line I like as well, when I do parent trainings, this is the thing I say is don't prepare your child. No, don't prepare the road for your child. Prepare your child for the road. Mm. Like in Bullyproof, we talk about if you hear about bullying in the school, okay, I'll sort that out. Okay, it's not good that bullying is happening, obviously. But if your child goes into another school or goes into college or goes into the workplace. You will always face bullies. Exactly. It doesn't matter what stage of life you're at. Exactly. And the other thing is a lot of the time these bullies don't even think they're being bullies. But they'll just be mean people. People who will break them down a little bit. Right. So you want to have the child have the tenacity and have the sort of a 
robust feeling that they're able to withstand anything. Whatever the road is in front of them, you haven't cleared the obstacles, but they're ready to walk that road wherever it happens. Mm -hmm. And this is what we were talking about yesterday. Well, you know, it's so important to kind of just, you know, prepare your kids for that to face that. It's not about kind of going, oh, you know, well, we're going to deal with it. You know, there's a bullying situation. We're going to, the adults are going to come in and deal with it. Well, actually, no. There's a lot there that we need to be doing to prepare our kids. Absolutely. And mm-hmm. I think uh, I think one of the uh, unique points of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu uh, is how uh, a practitioner, be it a child or an adult, has to make decisions in the flow of movement. Mm-hmm. So oh, we that's s- big. We, 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 it's huge. I mean, I'm, well, I, we can have a whole program on flow, wow. whether, whether it's oh, yeah. within Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu or within life. Please talk about that now because, you know, this is this is something that they touched on in, in that particular video. It's like, you know, you know the moves, but in a if you're confronted in a particular situation, you know when to use them and when not to. I, I think what, what you can have the information, you can, right. like an academic may have the information, but do they have the experience of applying that information in real life? There's a very big difference between those. Mm. I, I ask any business lecturer, about business and talk to a small business owner that is in uh-huh. the, the living right. the living entity of it. Right. It's the same thing very much and one of the things I highly respect in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is how a practitioner very early on gets to apply the information in flow. So it's no longer um, an idealistic setup saying, okay, do this movement. You may drill it in an isolated manner, but when you're applying it, you're literally applying it within a real life flow. So it's being able to make strategic decisions. And this happens neurologically, and and, and Adam will, I think, uh, obviously have more scientific uh, terminology than me. But it's it's, it's when you're in the river, so, so to speak, and you're making very strategic decisions that can't be too early, can't be too late, uh, at a very specific time, which really makes you aware of where you are at this that moment of time. You can't be distracted thinking about uh, anything else apart from being in that moment. And I think there's a tremendous amount of healing, Adam, mm. uh, in, in that particular uh, uh, zone. Yeah, 100%. The term I use for it, I think Jiu-Jitsu is a great example. It's like very dynamic, practical, motoric problem-solving with immediate consequences. So if you... Wow, can you say that oh again? Oh, yeah. What? So it's dynamic... <laughs> motoric motor skills problem solving so it's ongoing presenting you every second to present you with new problems and new opportunities you've got to solve these problems and if you get it wrong the consequences are immediate or the opportunities presented are also immediate so you can do the wrong thing white belts you guys in jiu-jitsu there's a whole in fact there's so many things you can do wrong that you'll be submitted straight away in a second and you don't even know how you just got beaten but you got beaten but as you do it even just turning up for the classes you'll gradually download this information and you feel it like we said you feel this flow state you feel it in your bones i love this flow state idea there's a psychologist called mihai chiksan mihai talked about flow state and we it's very difficult to engineer for a child you want your flow state is when they're absorbed in something and almost losing themselves in the activity especially in doing something that's challenging and my goodness is jujitsu that but it's season the challenge with enjoyment because it's just flat out the most fun thing you can do wow. and you see the kids really enjoying it enjoying it. sweat is pouring off them <laughs> they're fighting as hard as they can but they've got a smile on their face and you're like what is going on what is this thing that's why with practitioners and jiu-jitsu players we get so into it i have loads and loads of kids who come into me with dyspraxia motor coordination difficulties 
They're picked last for football, handwriting is difficult. They think this is going to be too hard for me. But because it's so absorbed, it's not something you learn step by step that will break down. It's not something they see everyone else suddenly get and they don't. They're almost like if you use the water analogy, it's like jumping into the river and it's just flowing over them. And they'll, they'll feel their body more. They've got very poor body awareness, muscle tone and strength and endurance and let's motor planning difficulties, all of those as well, but all just gets washed away. It'll still be challenging sometimes, but it gives very fun, very supportive opportunities to learn these skills in such a supportive dynamic environment. Incredible. Okay, we, we have to come back in just a moment and talk about how that can influence kids who have autism as well and special needs. Lots more to talk about next. You're listening to Pulse 95. Live Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. In the studio with uh, Adam Griffin and Wyatt LaSire talking the transformative power of martial arts. It is pretty incredible. And now, uh, Adam, something that you have a lot of experience with is working with kids who have autism. And this is something that, as you referred to earlier, this is something that very much can help them and help their families, in fact, as yeah. well. Yeah, massively. In fact, in the same way it helps any other neurotypical child, any child, Jiu-Jitsu can be very, very accessible to the kids in the spectrum. If you take like the clinical picture, some of the major challenges a lot of my kids have, they have uh, like uh, socialization, communication problems, problems connecting with and making friends. There is a myth that people with autism aren't interested in having friends. That's a total misnomer. They look for that social connectedness. Aren't interested in having friends. Yeah, this was the kind of cliche for the longest time was this kind of uh, anti-social loner, kind of nerdy type guy. If you see like the Sheldon Cooper type guy in the Mm. Big Bang Theory, kind of by himself, it would push people away, actively not want friends. Totally, totally incorrect. In fact, if you work with anyone on the spectrum, you'll quickly kind of poo-poo that whole notion. But autism, I mean, um, jujitsu, like I mentioned, gives lots of opportunities for the social connectedness and a social connectedness that isn't purely based on conversation. It isn't purely based on the nuances of body language. It's a very physical connection and then also can act as a springboard to a deeper friendship. And even if, like I have a couple of kids who came to jujitsu before to urge him. I had one teenage boy who was nonverbal, didn't talk. If you've seen this, if you like met this boy, you're like, okay, he uh, he's definitely on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. And you think maybe something like jujitsu will be very challenging for him. But he did really well in it. He did really incredibly well in it. And this is a boy who would have not been in a mainstream classroom for many, many, many years, but did really well in jujitsu because there's a physicality to it and a clarity of purpose to it that's really, really nice. A lot of the boys as well, they are very sensory seeking. So they'll have these sensory behaviors. They want more input. So you'll see what we call stimming, like little hand movements or rocking, or they seem like they have boundless amounts of energy and they need what we call proprioceptive input, this heavy work muscular input. And I write these sensory diets, which is ways to get this in. So a lot of them have like trampolines in their rooms and they have... It's kind of like this overflowing energy that needs to go somewhere. Precisely so. And it's very hard to contain. They need to put it somewhere. If you try and just stop it entirely, it'll generally pop out somewhere else. You'll see kids self-harming or biting themselves or grinding their teeth or things like that. And it gives them a feeling of like being emotionally grounded and cognitively organized and just ready for life. They're their better self Mm. when they get that input. They need it. Again, it's like this idea of physical medication. It helps them feel their best you can use all the other things to try and get this physicality something like jujitsu that is the mother load 
for this sort of heavy work proprioceptive input and it also comes packaged with this beautiful social element as well with ready-made friends that you can connect with and then you're part of this sometimes for a lot of my kids in the spectrum and this is very true of the kids who typically fall through the cracks like the teenager what we would have previously called like Asperger's type kids mm -hmm. high-functioning kids very verbal kids maybe they feel very different for their friends in the neurotypical classroom maybe they find they don't really belong they don't feel that level of connectedness but now they're part of a team and they really feel like part of that team more than that they feel like part of that family like the Gracie Baja thing we always talk about they're a member of the Gracie Baja family so they get to walk around with the patches they get to be a member of this team they share the things on Instagram and they're, they feel a sense of belonging that's missed in a lot of other aspects of their life it's amazing, you know, to see the changes that can happen. Um, something that you referred to as well, it's kind of interesting because uh, with boys in particular who have autism uh, and, and their parents and their mothers as well, you know, as they grow, it can be difficult and challenging to deal with somebody who can be very physical and then their mothers and their parents end up... Yeah practicing jujitsu as well 100%. for this purpose yeah it gives a sort of sense of containment as well one mm. of the things i one of the questions i get if i have a boy for example who's been expelled from school this has happened numerous times and maybe they were the bully or they were a very physical kid or they fought a lot of the times the kids who want to fight and want to stand and crack and punch other kids it's from a poor sense of self and a lack of confidence they need to prove themselves and if you do jujitsu you don't need to prove anything to anyone least of all yourself because you know that you're capable you know you're strong enough to do this so a lot of families say i don't want to bring him to martial arts because it will make him aggressive or make him violent the opposite is very much the case if you want a kid who isn't aggressive Doing jujitsu will do just that because it gives them an outlet for this sort of thing and they can feel how they can control and master their own, own emotional regulation. Well, I'd love for you to share your experience as well because you have an autistic student who comes to you and what that is like and, and how martial arts helps him to you know express and to be so talk to us about that absolutely i think adam mentioned the spectrum and i think when you're dealing with autism they're very different spectrums so i i have the honor really of working with a student who's quite high up on that where grappling for him isn't really an option because a lot of kids aren't ready for that type of okay. very close contact sure, sure. And, and for them building confidence from a distance uh, from a developmental kind mm. of view would just be a, a little better. So for him, striking, putting pads on is, is more of a way forward and then going in slightly more into uh, the grappling kind sure. of range. Uh, so I think that's worthy of, of mentioning. Uh, I think Jiu-Jitsu has wonderful, wonderful uh, benefits, uh, but I think there are also other things depending on the spectrum that, 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 that you're dealing yeah. with. Yeah. Yeah. One other thing as well, a lot of my families, they'll have tried other things before and they've had numerous negative experiences. And I say this to a lot when I do parent talks, it's very tempting to make your world small when you've got a child with, of determination. When, you've, when you're dealing with disability, you've gone to the malls, or maybe gone to sports clubs and you had a bad experience. The coaches weren't that supportive or maybe the child felt too different and they didn't feel included. So the ten tendency is to circle the wagons and make your world very small mm. within your own household. So where else can I bring my child? As they get into teenage years, I need to expose them to somewhere, another family, somewhere else where they'll feel included other than here. Because I know this is not a long-term solution to make our universe so tiny. How can I put them out into the world? So somewhere like 
jujitsu, like Gracie Baja, where it's an environment that will challenge their abilities, it will grow and have all those positive aspects, but they will feel included and supported the whole time, and it will give them a second family where they can feel at home and support what you've done already. Now the world has opened up to them and can be a springboard for so much more positive development in the future. I feel like you've just uh, given us so many reasons. I'm just thinking I should try it. I should try <laughs> A bit the of jujitsu with my daughter. 100%. And the other thing as well is a lot of parents are like, it seems like a big undertaking. How do I try this? Mm. And most gyms, for example, Gracie Ba, but almost every gym will have a free trial. And the only way to know, because I can talk all these, obviously I've drunk the Kool-Aid massively here. But, but so yes, exactly. So I would, I would, my final question, which we have a minute for, what would be the biggest challenge that someone needs to get over to be able to get really into something like jujitsu? It's literally getting to the gym. As soon as you step foot on the mats as soon as you get there and have that experience everything there's a natural momentum to it for example go and try one class speak to the coach if you come to grace so it's gracie baja and silicon wages but any the gracie baja school one of the things we like to do is give them someone a free they can come and do many classes as many mm. classes they want for one week totally free to see if they liked it to get over that initial feeling of uncertainty or hesitation because it is it seems like a big deal and you see these guys doing this crazy stuff but once you try it you realize oh, this is such a positive experience and you'll leave I guarantee you'll leave the smile on your this face and you'll feel like part of the family you had met before Thank you so much, Adam. It's just been incredibly eye-opening and Wael as well thank you so much for, for enlightening us with all of this and, and I love that the two of you have brought your expertise to this and and um, uh, there's a lot of benefit, I think, for a lot of families and a lot of kids. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every weekday from 10 a.m.